Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh boy, what a mental health crisis we've got going on in the country right now. I went and talked to my doctor about something I remember last year, and he said, you're the only person... I think I've got who hasn't come in needing some sort of anti-anxiety, anti-depression medication. Everybody's needing it now. People that he said have never talked about that sort of thing before are asking for it. That was because the pandemic and all the weirdness that was going on. And it had been growing as a need even before the pandemic. And as I uh, was saying a little bit earlier, if if you or a family member needs any sort of therapy, mental health care of any kind... You know how impossible it is to find right now. Damn near impossible. And if you can, ain't nobody taking insurance, and it's expensive. Among the things I'd like to talk about with Craig Gottwalls, we call him Craig the Healthcare Guru, who's been joining us for many, many years, attorney at law and benefit consultant, Benefit Revolution. As a healthcare policy attorney with an emphasis in employment law and a benefit consultant, Craig Gottwald specializes in benefit cost containment and compliance. It's his job to figure out what is actually happening and predict what is going to happen, regardless of his wants, because he's got to advise clients so they can uh, prepare for that sort of thing. Craig, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show once again. Thanks, Jack. I think I think you might uh, surpass Joe as best uh, best introduction of me yet. I don't know. Now, you, now it's a competition. Yeah, you get no <laughs> you get no benefit for that sort of flattery. Um, uh, fair to describe 
the mental health care situation we've got in America is a crisis? Yes, absolutely fair. It's it's been a problem uh, for years, Jack. It's 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 it's. I mean, the the backdrop of the problem, the historical setting of it is, you know, even before this recent spike, and I say recent spike, you know, going back to you know the invention of the iPhone, the invention of social media, you can right. track very very large increases in the demand for mental health. But it's always been a a specialty within the healthcare industry that was just sort of underfavored, not not compensated as well. So it's always been something that was tough to get. And then when you when you pile on top of that, the um, the just the tremendous spike in demand we've had over the past 12, 15 years, uh, it's it's exacerbated the problem. So wh- how did that happen? Was it uh, was it a national attitude up until fairly recently that mental health care is kind of you know voodoo for the weak? I mean, just kind of a, you know, a fake medical field. Um, and so we didn't take it seriously enough. Or what's your theory on that? Yeah, no, I, I think I think your characterization is fair, at least for, you know, maybe part of the country. And it was just I would say, you know, some people viewed it as what you said, you know, voodoo for the week. And others just viewed it as, you know, maybe not as rigorous of a discipline, a little bit more subjective, you know, mm. not not nearly as important as like setting a bone or removing a tumor. For sure. Example. Sure. That makes yeah. sense. Let me run through so some of these had- numbers real quick and then you can comment on it. Um, these are numbers that Craig sent me by 2025, which is just two and a half years from now. We will be down about 10,500 marriage and family therapists that we'll need but won't have. About 15,000 psychiatrists, which takes, I don't know how many years of school to become a psychiatrist, so, you know, we aren't going to crank them out soon. We'll be down about 27,000 mental health counselors, 49,000 social workers, 58,000 psychologists, that's a PhD, we'll be behind 58,000 of those, and 78,000 school counselors that we will not have by 2025. Yeah, that's a crisis. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, if nothing happens in a vacuum, right? So all of the things we've talked about over the past 10 years on your radio show about the problems with healthcare and the fact that government controls more and more healthcare, uh, it, you know, that, that's, that's also part of this problem. It, and it, it's, I, I, think, I think I have a streak of repeating this statistic every time I'm on your show the last year, but it's very important to remember for those listening for the first time or for those that haven't thought much about it. We, we talk about having a, quote, free, unquote, healthcare system in America, and we really don't. We have an oligopoly, and that's something that's controlled by a few providers, and, and that oligopoly is infected with, with government disease. And that government disease means that if you live in a blue state, 71% of healthcare costs are now paid by the taxpayer. And that, that blows people's minds because we think about, you know, the private insurance we have at work. But once you add together Medicare plus Medicaid plus Obamacare plus TRICARE plus the VA plus Obamacare subsidies, 71% of blue state health care is paid by taxpayers. And you say, well, gosh, I live in a red state. It's a lot better. No, it's 66%. Whoa, there. I didn't realize. So, you know, let's call it 70-ish on average. Um, yeah. uh, if I were... Uh, uh, a lefty who believes in you know government taking over all of healthcare, I wouldn't be hiding those numbers. I'd be touting them and saying, "Look, I don't know if you know this, but seventy percent of the healthcare is already that. So what are we doing?" Yeah, they don't want to do that though, because when you poll people about how satisfied they are with the healthcare system, those numbers uh, rank down around congressional levels. Oh, really? I didn't know <laughs> yeah. that. 
Oh, okay, if, okay. If you, I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what yeah. you mean. So if you've if got, you, you know, if ten. You, if per- you ask, if you ask, do you like your doctor? That's a very high number. If you like, are you satisfied with current healthcare system? It's very low. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm not satisfied with it either, and it's uh, probably I've got the same complaints that everybody else does. Whether it's you know freaking the, the nightmare of just getting the simplest prescription and all that sort of stuff and running everything like that. What's crazy to me is that how many of y'all believe that if the government ran it, it would be easier somehow? I mean, what is your life experience that leads you to believe that? No, and I did. That's why I wanted to give you just a three specific numbers so you can understand how the government makes it worse. So. The, the largest demand we have for mental health right now is among the young. You know, people call them 12 to 25. That's the that's the biggest demand we have for health care. And, oh, and if I can just jump in here on that, because yeah. I've, I've been in that situation yeah. and, you, you you know, lot, lots of my friends have. Um, you have a kid who's struggling. I mean, that's a that's a, you know, you and your wife, you and your husband sitting there at at night, teary-eyed, what are we going to do with this situation? You finally decide to pull the trigger and get help, and it's like the number one issue on your mind. You're going to dedicate all your time to this the next day, and you get on the phone and you start calling people, and you can't find anybody, anybody with an opening. It's right. it's awful. That's right, and when, and you know, I, I've, I've helped clients with the issue, and I've been there myself with family members, and and then if you do find somebody... Maybe they miss your appointment or they don't call you back because they're stretched so yep, thin right. that, that it, they're hard to access. But so when we talk about, well, how, what's the government's role in this? You say, well, OK, the the number one coverage entity for children in America is Medicaid. That's our, 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 our system for the low income. Now, it's always good to remember when Medicaid was first passed in the late 60s, it was designed to cover the bottom 2% of wage earners, it now covers one out of every three children born in America. That's how fast that safety net has grown into a hammock. Wow. So if we look at Medicaid, let's do this. If you, if you, if you need a mental health visit, an integrated assessment, including a history, mental status, et cetera, it's, it's the main CPT code for when you first come in. The average nationwide, and this varies greatly by zip code, but the average cost that the doctor is going to get reimbursed for that visit is $150, Okay. Now, the average doctor visits 175, so you can see mental health is already $25 behind an average doctor visit. But if you need that visit on Medicaid, it's only going to reimburse $105. So you take a system where we already don't have enough providers because the supply is not keeping up. 60% of our practitioners are over the age of 55. They're retiring faster than we're making them. And then you underpay them systematically across the board, and then you more significantly underpay them in the government reimbursement program. Well, you end up with a a very, very broken supply and demand system, primarily because we don't have a free market. We have a government-infected oligopoly. Uh, That's all very interesting. And every healthcare, mental healthcare provider or or, uh... Uh, you know, therapist, psychologist, whatever that I've dealt with in the last couple of years, there's no insurance involved. They're just taking cash and right. it's expensive. And I right. don't know how most people I'm lucky. I've got a good job. I don't know how most people can even consider doing that. Um, that's a tough situation to be in. No, that's exactly right. And when you when you when you dig into a lot of these uh, very, very troubled young people that commit horrific acts of violence across the nation, a lot of times you find that they don't have the resource for private health. They're relying on that Medicaid system that is systematically under-reimbursing and underpaying providers. And so they just don't get the help they need or they get very, 
very underdeserved help, you know, through maybe a school counselor when they really need a psychiatrist. You know a lot about healthcare, and um, I apologize if I'm asking you something that sets you up to uh, to 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 not know. But um, I've been wondering for a long time. I hear about the mental health system we had back in the day that I guess we un- unwound in the '60s and the '70s because we decided it was too oppressive, and you know people who weren't crazy were being locked up in mental institutions and given lobotomies like Jack Nicholson and all, all that sort of stuff. And so we did away with that. Um, has that been a, a a bad idea in retrospect, do you think? Well, as a libertarian, I'd say no. Uh, you know, and I, and I would, I would, I would tell you that the Armstrong and Getty principle that you guys have espoused over the years of of society veering from guardrail to guardrail, yeah. going too far one way and then overcorrecting it, it really applies in that situation where, for a period there from the you know the mid 1900s, we had. We had a system whereby it was too easy to lock people oh, up. Oh yeah, was, or or sterilize yeah. them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and um, so do we need to go back that far? Of course not. But have we gone too far the other way, where we just we we view it as compassionate to leave one to his or her own devices on the streets of San Francisco, screaming at a at a fire hydrant and and, and defecating in the gutter? Yeah, we've gone too far, and it, society will correct this. I mean. You know, it, it's not all bad news. Some of these these mental health reimbursements are coming up. I mean, this gap I see between what we pay for a doctor visit versus a mental health visit, that gap is shrinking every year. And there is there is, there are efforts both in the industry and at the federal level reimbursement wise to correct it. So I have no I have no real doubt in my head that this will eventually become less of a problem, but of course it's going to happen a lot slower than we all would like because of the giant federal bureaucracy that gets involved in muddying the waters. Right, and then, man, those numbers that you gave me on the shortage we're going to have in all those different areas of mental health, that's going to be here in no time, and that is... Well, and the demand, Jack, I mean, that's the, you know, just, I pulled some of these statistics, and most of these statistics look at, like, the difference between 2005 and 2017, Depression alone for young people is up 50 to 60 percent, depending on which age bracket you look at. Suicidal thoughts amongst young people is up 47 percent over that time frame. So, you, you know, you, you say, well, we're up 50 percent in the need for very serious issues. And that that supply chain is not growing. In fact, well, it might be growing, but it's not growing nearly fast enough to keep up with the demand. And so you have a supply demand problem, but it can't be properly fixed because the government steps in with all kinds of rules and regulations that oftentimes, even ones that are well-intentioned, of course, retard the market and you, the market can't respond properly. And that's why you end up with a two-tiered health system. I mean, that, this is where I think liberals really need to get is to say, we don't want what we have because what we have is what you just described earlier. Yep. And that's that the, the people with money can afford the private care and they get it. And the people that rely on these government systems can't. It's similar to what they have in Great Britain with their universal health care. Uh, we have and to take Canada. a break in Canada. We have to take a break. Yep. Uh, we need to talk about there's this like Obamacare cliff thing that's going to happen right before the election. That's going to be a huge political problem and things could get expensive. Craig Gottwals will help explain that, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
sell you up to take my word for it. I can't tell you once again who Craig Gottwalls is right now, but he knows about all kinds of stuff when it comes to health care and benefits and all that sort of stuff. That's what he does for a living. And I saw this headline yesterday. The De- Democrats are facing a political crisis right before the election. You see the ARP. Do you remember that? The American Rescue Plan, which had trillions of dollars of all kinds of different stuff in it. Part of it was a boost in Obamacare subsidies, and that is going to expire right before the election. This is where Craig jumps in and explains what's likely to happen here. Yeah, this is a beautiful one. So uh, Obamacare gives about $60 billion a year to 14 million Americans to buy uh, subsidized health care in the exchanges. What the ARP did a year and a half ago was came in and said, well, that's not enough because Obamacare is not actually keeping prices down. It's just funneling more money into insurance companies from the taxpayer. So during this crisis of the pandemic, what we want to do is give an additional 50% or $30 billion to those people. And primarily, that money went to people making between 400 and 600% of the federal poverty. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a subsidy for a family of four that's making between 110 dollars and $160,000. That was the additional government cheese. So, of course, they put this thing in temporarily, knowing what they always try and do is say, well, we can't take it away now. And um, the beautiful thing is this is, going, this is set to expire on January 1st, which means it's going to hit all the Obamacare open enrollments that are occurring this fall literally days before the midterm elections. You could see, or you will see if they don't fix this, Many people in the Obamacare exchanges of those 14 million people are going to see 30 to 50 percent increases in their monthly premium. Whoa, 50 percent increase. You would notice that you would notice that. And, And this is one of those things that they have to get some agreement from the Republicans to go along with this. And so far, they have been unable to do it. Do you think the Republicans I know you think the Republicans are going to cave on this? Why? Because they always do, and the Democrats are better at grabbing the, the Democrats are better at grabbing the media, and the Democrats will spin this is it's because of those evil Republicans with an economy not yet recovered that they're taking away your extra health care dollars. That's how it'll be spun, even though it was passed as temporary band-aid to help not even the low income, the, the four hundred to six percent of the federal poverty level folks, but Republicans at messaging and that's how it's going to go i suspect and that's just the inertia of these things read the book the high cost of good intention good intentions i mean it's just the way these things always go um are there a lot of people that like are uh you know the the, the crowd you were just describing in terms of income who are using their company's health insurance that if they were going to be smart they would go on obamacare um a few people, Jack. Not many, though. The, okay. way, that it, the way that it works, um, if, if your company offers you affordable care, you are not supposed to qualify for Obamacare subsidies. But that's a little bit muddied the way it works, and some people end up qualifying for right. subsidies anyway. But for the most part, that system is pretty well clamped down. Okay. Hey, thanks for your information, as always. Where do people find you if they want uh, some of your brilliance? Uh, at Benny Revolution on Twitter or Benefit Dash Revolution on the old uh, interweb systems. Yeah, you are a good follow on Twitter. Craig Gottwalls, appreciate your time today, Craig. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, are we the most depressing radio show in America? All that stuff about the mental health care system and where we're headed, it's only going to get worse. Is really troubling if you uh, deal with that at all. We're going to have more of a shortage of the professionals. It's going to get more expensive, etc., etc. If you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Maybe I ought to drink more coffee. Maybe that's the answer. I gotta break out of this. Everything's going to hell. <laughs> Roll that I'm on today on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Whoever looks out for the taxpayer ever? That's my question. Does anybody ever represent the taxpayer in any discussion? I was thinking about it. So earlier we were talking with uh, one of our experts, Mark Krikorian, on immigration and talking about you know the, the 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 social welfare state and all that sort of stuff. Then we were just talking with uh, Craig Gottwalls about Obamacare and healthcare and subsidies and all that sort of stuff. And you know nobody's ever looking out for the taxpayer. And then I just got this email from my local school. Just got this free meals program extended! Exclamation point. And it says we have great news to share. The U.S. Department of Agriculture recently extended its free universal meals program for kids 18 and under throughout the summer. So kids can now get one free breakfast and one free lunch per child per day. 
And it's always presented with exclamation points and just isn't this fantastic. And does anybody ever represent the taxpayer who might be saying, like I'm saying, what are these freaking meals costing me? Why aren't these parents buying their kids their own food? How many of these meals get eaten versus thrown in the trash? God dang it, nobody ever represents that side of the discussion. That drives me crazy. Thanks for taking my money, That's right. Thank you, Michael. Bringing us into this discussion and others uh, joining us is Lon Chen, candidate for California State Controller. He needs to control this. David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution and the Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford. Lon He, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Jack, great to be with you. I just don't like all the exclamation points. Anybody, somebody, times, <laughs> somebody talks about spending taxpayer money. It's never, ever, ever from the other side. Your comments. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and I think that explains in part why you've seen such a growth in, I mean, if you look back over the last, I don't know, two years, a lot of people don't realize we've put $6 trillion of new spending into the economy in the U.S., $6 trillion. And at no point along the way did somebody stop and say, well, is that really going to be the best idea? What are the implications of it? Now, some of that spending you can argue happened, you know, we're in the midst of COVID and, you know, we needed to buy PPE and all this other stuff. Fine. So maybe you give them a pass for the first trillion. But then the next five trillion came along. And what and what happened? Well, predictably now everything costs more. I, I saw a graphic that on the 4th of July, all of the things we needed for picnics, right? Hot dogs, ketchup, lettuce, condiments. The price on all of those things has escalated by, in some cases, 20 to 25 percent over the course of the last 18 months. And, and so the problem with all of this sort of free money kind of mentality that we have is that you're right. Nobody ever stops and says, well, what's the cost of it? And by the way, who's keeping accountability right. to make sure that the money that's being spent is actually going to where it's going? You know, the school lunch thing you mentioned is really interesting because there was an expose by a great reporter named Susan Crabtree. Uh, who writes for Real Clear Politics, and she had a, had an expose about, I don't know, six months ago, where she found that what was happening with these free lunch funds was that they were actually going into wealthy school districts. Yeah. School districts where the median income was in excess of like $200,000 well, a year. Hey, I got to interrupt you. And, so the school, I just got this email from my school. A house sold behind me, crappy old house, 1,300 square feet right next to the school, sold for a million point one <laughs> just the other yeah. day. And they're giving out free lunches 100 feet from that house that I'm paying for? What the hell is that? Well, and, and it's like, you know, if the goal of the program was to target kids who really needed the lunches, I think everyone would say, yeah, sure, sure let's do I that. I get it. But there's... But there's no, but there's nobody keeping watch. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, I mean, people are always like, well, what the heck does the state controller do? Well, the reality is this is the job of the state controller is to be the watchdog, to make sure that when we see emails like this, we follow up and investigate and say, hey, what's actually going on in that school district? Are the kids who really need the food getting it? Or is it going to a bunch of other people who, frankly, let's be honest, given given their income situation, probably can afford to buy their kids lunch? Right. And can we better you can we better use those resources somewhere else to solve real problems like, oh, I don't know, homelessness, the crime that we see on our streets, all of the challenges that we have in our state with infrastructure? Can we address those? 
And and nobody, to your point at the beginning of our of our segment here, nobody is is paying attention to what the taxpayers need and want. And this is the problem we have with state government. It's the problem we have with the federal government is that there's nobody there keeping watch. And, and that, that attitude and mentality has to change. Is that something you would be doing if you end up being California's state controller? Absolutely. The controller has the ability to look into spending at the state level or any, any uh, local jurisdiction that uses state money. So school districts are a perfect example. We have had zero accountability around spending in our public schools. I just want people to realize how much money has gone into the public schools from the federal government. Now, if that money had gone to, you know, help classrooms be safer for kids or making sure that teachers get paid what we want them to get paid, if those were the things that we were spending money on, I think everyone would say, okay, we, we can accept that money. The problem is, and I, and I hear these stories from school district board members across our state, there is so much federal money coming in, they don't know how to spend it. Oh, I'm sure. I guarantee you it, that's happening out of all the $6 trillion you're just talking about. If they don't spend it, the money goes away. So they say, sure. well, we've got to spend it on stuff. We've got to buy stuff. But nobody is saying, hey, are you spending the money in a way that is consistent with what the law demands and requires? Is it consistent with what's going to be best for our kids and our teachers and our parents and our families? Nobody's asking that question. And that's why the state controller's office is important. That's why I want to do it. And by the way, you know, it, it is a watchdog function. And so you can't trust people in the Sacramento insider cabal to, to, to do the job. They're just not going to do it. All they're going to do is make sure their friends are happy and they're satisfying all of the other politicians around Sacramento. And that's why we've got to get an outsider in there. And that's the kind of background I bring to the job. Um, yeah, well, I like that idea of state controller being a, a more emphasized office. You know, I don't know if every state has the same role or they have different names in different places, but God dang it, I, I, I hope society gets to a place someday where we pay attention. We get our paycheck. You see the number at the top, that's what you made this month, and then you see this number, what you're actually getting to keep. All that other money, where did it go? What did it get spent on? I, I, why don't more people care about that? Well, it, it is interesting, right? We, we have a, a financial literacy issue in our country where uh, we, we need to help people understand exactly where their money is going and what it's being used for. You know, my son's 11. Uh, he's taken to biking around with his friends. It's the summer. Of course, that's what they do. And, you know, they end up every once in a while at Baskin-Robbins. Great. So they end up at Baskin-Robbins. They buy a scoop of ice cream. And my son comes back and he says, I don't get it. The scoop of ice cream, it said, you know, it was $2. But they asked me for, you know, $2.25. Right. I said, well, yes, son, that's something called sales tax. And he said, well, wh- why don't they tell you about this? And it's like, well, yeah, they do. It's on the receipt. But, yeah, I mean, I suppose we could do a better job of telling people they got to pay sales tax. But his basic point is like, well, if I, if I knew it would cost the extra $0.25, cents, then I would have budgeted accordingly. You know, I, I, I may be wondering where that $0.25 cents goes. And he's like, well, where do you think it goes, Dad? And I'm like, great question. Great question. I'm actually not sure where it goes. But somebody needs to figure that out. And, and this, is the, this is the thing for people across our state and across our country. It's like, you know, the, the, the issue we have is that there's no accountability for where this money is going. I think people would feel a lot better if, if we actually knew where the money was going and we felt comfortable saying, okay, let's determine whether this is a good use of spending or not. Unfortunately, you know, we don't have that. I uh, I don't know that there's any malfeasance going on here, but there's a couple of schools where I've seen them 
do, uh, like when I'm playing at the park with my kids, do some paving jobs around the school that I think, why are you doing that? I don't see what the problem was, where I feel like they're just trying to spend some of that money. That's got to be happening various places. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, and, you know, the problem is there are a lot of places around the state where we, we probably could use actual, you know, paving of the roads or repaving. Sure, of course. And, 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 and you know, the, the, the problem and the challenge, again, comes back to all of this money has flooded into California and, and they can't spend it fast enough. You know, people wonder why we had $20 billion in fraud in our unemployment insurance system. I don't know if you heard about this rapper that got arrested. He basically was flaunting how he defrauded taxpayers in right. California. The focus of his rap was basically how he was making a living off of, off of defrauding people through the unemployment insurance system. And, and the reason this happens is because the proper controls aren't in place. Nobody is stopping and saying, hey, does it make sense for you to give benefits to everybody, even if maybe they're not qualified? And, and nobody saw fit to ask these questions. And so $20 billion later, I want folks to realize we had a three-cent increase in the gas tax on July 1st here in California, okay? For the amount of money these fraudsters took from us, they could have paid, we could have paid for 38 years worth of gas taxing. Wow. 38 years. Wow. And, and, and by the way, you know, nothing to see here. The other Newsom, nothing to see here. The Democratic leadership in the state of California, nothing to see here. Move right along. Let's talk about Oh, don't, don't go away, phone. Be here. Okay, you're back. Uh, sorry, we lost you there just brief, br- briefly, and I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, nobody's paying any attention to that. Hey, i got to ask you a question before you go. By the way, uh, if you if vote in California, vote for Lon He Chen for California State Controller. I mean, he's being, he's being endorsed by people that never endorse Republicans because we need that. Got a question for you. So polling came out this yeah. week. We've got the lowest numbers ever for... Uh, uh, belief in the institution of the Supreme Court. Congress is at 7%. The belief in the presidency. Wrong track is now almost 90%. How big a problem is this for a country to have those numbers? Yeah, it, it is a problem when institutional uh, people's belief in institutions get gets eroded, like it's been eroded. And the Supreme Court is interesting. You know, it used to have a- approval ratings that were north of 70 or 80 percent. Right, right. But like everything else, everything else has become polarized. You know, whether it's the presidency or Congress, uh, it's become polarized. And I-, I think it's a big problem for American democracy, because one of the things that our democracy relies on is faith and trust in institutions. And it's very difficult to have that when everything has been so polarized. And unfortunately, I wish I could say that I saw better days ahead, but the problem is everything is polarized. I mean, I don't care what it is, even stuff outside of politics, you know, social media and pop culture, everything's become polarized. So I, I do worry about that. I mean, an institution like the Supreme Court, it, it is their responsibility to interpret the law, to uphold the rule of law, to, to call other branches of government out when they cross the line. And, and they serve that function legitimately. And, you know, I, I think part of the challenge is that people look at it and they say, eh, you know, I don't really buy that institution stuff anymore because I don't agree with them. And, you know, it, the Constitution doesn't say that you believe in institutions when you agree with them. Right. The Constitution says here are the institutions. Here's what they're supposed to do. And, and we have a system of government that's worked for as long as it's worked because we believe in institutions. And so I, I, I do worry about it, Jack. I worry about where we're headed. Yeah, I do, too. And I, I, I got to believe that those numbers don't get reversed very easily. I mean, that would take years and years to rebuild that sort of faith in those institutions, which uh, 
you know, I don't, I don't even know if it's impossible. But anyway, Lonnie Chen, candidate for California State Controller and all kinds of other stuff. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jack. Great to be with you. Smart guy. Um, yeah, schools, all, all kinds of state money, federal money, that sort of thing. But schools are getting so much of that federal COVID money now that COVID's over, and they got to spend it or they lose it. They're going to be looking for all kinds of things to spend. Maybe you finally get those new band uniforms. <laughs> of course, that what's, that's what Keynesian spending is, right? You just throw the money out there, it gets spent. The Keynesians believe that that's good. I don't. Um, anywho, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. we got much more on the way. Stay here. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We played the audio earlier from a fireworks mishap that happened, and uh, the audio is pretty good, but you really got to see the video. It l- it looks like any suburban uh, front yard in America, and they're setting off some fireworks, and the family's hanging out, and their kids. And do you know where it was, Michael? 
I don't know where it exactly matter. was. It's on our site, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, it's armstrongandgetty.com. You ought to see it. Anyways, they set off some bottle rockets next to their minivan, which I don't know how it ended up happening, but somehow it caught the minivan on fire, and it just like exploded. Luckily, nobody was hurt. As the fireworks start exploding, w- one of the moms grabs, like looks like a one-year-old, uh, off of a blanket and runs, and all the kids run away, and then the van just blows up. Which ends up, you know, it being kind of a funny story, but it could have been a horrible tragedy. Uh, but we got the video at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, having them uh, grab the trailer for the new Thor movie that comes out tonight. We used to mock our old producer, Sean, for watching superhero movies, but I got a kid that's the perfect age for watching superhero movies. We'll probably watch Thor. And Thor, among the better. The, the Captain America and Thor are the best superhero movies. That, that uh, what's his name, who plays Thor? What's his name? Alex, somebody tell me, what's the name of the Thor guy? Big giant guy. Chris Hemsworth? There you go. Uh, he's awesome. He's really a good actor. The Thor movie's quite entertaining, so if you're resisting because you don't want to go to a superhero movie, but your kid wants to go or your whatever, it, very entertaining, not hard to watch. Elon Musk, it turns out, has 10 kids. So we were talking just recently about how he had eight kids. He's got ten. Some woman named Siobhan Zealous uh, f- was the mom of two twin babies um, that they uh, they had just this past November, and that had been kept secret, and is, the word is now out. And uh, so he's got twin girls just born recently. Elon Musk is 51. He has 10 kids now with a variety of different women. Uh, Only a few was he ever married to. But that's a pretty interesting personal life for the richest man on planet Earth. And they all have really wacky names, as we've talked about over the years. Uh, Lots of letters and symbols and stuff like that. Elon's a nut. He is a nutty dude, as a lot of super smart people are. But this uh, woman that he had the the twins with, she is a top executive at Neuralink. That's that company that he's got going where they're trying to experiment on monkeys and try to figure out how to eventually get to the point where human beings will be able to control like a computer with their brain, which obviously would be a giant leap. <laughs> I was going to say forward. I don't know if it's forward or not. It might be sideways. might be a giant leap sideways for mankind when you can start controlling computers with your brain because can the computer then control you back? Anyway, um, he's been working on that with monkeys, which I heard from somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody has not gone very well, the experiments on the monkeys. And if more was known about that, it would be quite the shocking scandal. But anyway, that's his goal is to be able to put these chips into human beings under the guise of like, if you're paralyzed or something like that, you would it would bring you all kinds of mobility and options in life that don't currently exist, which is awesome. But you know, it would be expanded to, you know, just us regular people controlling computers or weapons if you're in the military or whatever with your brain. So this woman is an executive with that company, and he um, knocked her up. I don't know if they're in love or going to get married or whatever. They're certainly not married yet. And she had twins back in November, and, and that is ten freaking kids he's got wow i wonder if he works out some sort of um a legal agreement before they have kids or because if he's paying 
full child support based on his income as the world's richest man? These these women got to be getting checks for tens of millions of dollars a month, maybe more. So I don't even know. I'm not that he would notice or care, but that is something. Uh, I might get to this next hour, hour four, Wall Street Journal front page story. I saw a little bit about this yesterday. Our FBI director, Christopher Wray, was in London, stood up next to the leader of MI5, which is their FBI there in Great Britain. And in a rare joint appearance, our FBI director and their their MI5 director stood up to warn businesses, the corporate world, about how the Chinese government is set on stealing your technology. And I'll give you some of the quotes that are pretty strong on how far the, the Chinese government is going to try to infiltrate all of our businesses in uh, America and Great Britain. If you missed an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.